A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear, to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open. You be queen. You were fire. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed school children who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Be smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone, and prayer. Be every form of gem. See, king told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come dropping gems. Dropping gems. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Dropping Gems podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Brown. Today, I have a really, really, really special guest on the show, and I'm not trying to like overhype it or be dramatic. Anybody that has been on the show thus far, as you know, is a friend and someone that I deeply, deeply respect. Uh, but this person on the show today is honestly one of my favorite human beings of all time. Uh. No cap. (laughs) I'm fascinated by him as a person. Um, I'm highly entertained by him in his musical offerings and in his IG stories. Um, And this person is just someone I've known for a very, very long time. Award-winning, Grammy-nominated, many albums, different gifts to the culture, the one and only Schoolboy Q is on the show. What up, what up, what up? I've known you for a long time. Yeah, a few years now. Like, I really, like, we probably met, like, right at the start of your career with TD. Yeah, that was, like, 2009, something like that. Yeah. Well, 2007, but I didn't really, like, you know, rap until, like, 2009. 
Yeah, but you were so, chilling. Yeah, yeah, you were around. yeah, yeah. That's I was how around and shit. But. I definitely met you before you dropped music. Like, yeah, not, yeah. not music, music, because you had a first mixtape before you started with TD, but before, for sure, before, like, setbacks. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, before setbacks. Yeah, it was, it was, it was in the old something, 2000. Yeah. <laughs> in you know, the olds. In the olds. It was old something, for sure. And I think, like, the reason I feel, I don't know, I just feel happy about you like when I uh, see you, you doing things because you know I feel like I've seen you at a lot of different evolutions and stages of yourself you know uh, thank you um and there was a time honestly there was a time where like I had I forget you had came on my show somewhere this is years ago I think this is um the first time I was in Houston at the first radio station I was at and I honestly was like a little scared for real yeah, because, I mean, you had always, up until that point, been pretty quiet. Yeah. But it just seemed like something was dark. Oh, uh, yeah. I probably was, uh, I was just on so many drugs, though. Yeah. Like, you know, um, yeah, I was, like, uh, doing pills and sipping lean before it was, like a, a cool, like, a cool thing. You know, like, my whole first album was called Oxymoron. You know what I mean? Like, um, before all this shit was, like, popular. Yeah. So it was like um, I was just so out of it, like everywhere I went. I was, but I was always me though, with my personality and who I am. But it would be always something, like I can look at old interviews now and be like, "What?" <laughs> or just look at me, just my appearance. Excuse yeah. me, my body type, my face, like looking puffy and like uh, skin looks dull. It just it like felt like a lot of shit. Like I like. I'm sorry I cut no, you. No, no. But like I look completely different than uh like two years ago. Like my even my skin, everything is just like just getting rid of that stuff. Yeah. Just clears you up and just you know, doing other things instead of just going to the studio. Because once your life become like a just hard work. And you you never really get to enjoy who you are as a person. Mm. It can take you to a dark place because I was just waking up and just sit around and just get high until I go to the studio every night. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just looking at it as like, shit, I'm just working hard. I work hard as a mother. I'm thinking, yeah, you work hard at something, but you're also killing yourself You know, mm. at the same time. It's like I sacrificed to get here. Yeah, I worked hard, and I still work hard every day now. But I was killing myself in the process. Yeah. So it was like a almost like I was never getting this high of the success that I was always receiving. Like I never even really understood being famous. Like it got to a point where I got famous. Like when I first came out, like I wouldn't go nowhere and stuff. Like because it was like I didn't get it. I was just too high and I, I just didn't understand it. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I didn't understand it. Like, bro, like leave me alone. Like. I used to be like irritated all the time. Mm. Like, don't touch, don't touch me, don't talk to me, don't. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I was one of those people, like an asshole. I wouldn't take pictures. Like, oh no, no, I always had my head down and shit. It's because I was just always high and groggy. Like, and it was probably like a, a mixture of things. It's like it's the drugs, but then it's also this. You know, as as a young man coming from South Central, coming from the background that you came from, now being like on this world stage and receiving this constant attention people people communicating with you in a way that you weren't used to from where you're from right like people yeah. wanting to touch you and people always in your face smiling and posturing and it was the kind of like 
you know, the body language, the, the, a connection that you just don't have growing up where you grew up. Yeah. And it's still weird now, like, um, just body language from people and like, uh, just how, how people can just approach you and just be so rude, Mm. you know, like, um, it can really piss you off. You know, you got to catch yourself sometimes, like, uh, because sometimes people really do some things that back in the day you would have fucked them up big time for it. But it's like, you know, you can't be out here just kicking people's ass. You got to (laughs) understand, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to understand some people are just, that's when I I be, I be, I I, uh, realize a lot of things like uh, some people are just going to be them and there's nothing you can really do about that. It's like everybody not made to be, um the same mindset as you. Yeah. Everybody's not here to be on alert about a lot of shit and know what's going on. Some people are just fucking idiots, and we need the idiots to let me know how great we are. We really need a bunch of idiots, dude. Like, um, we could try to change the world, and we could help people because I've been an idiot before. Yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. you've been an idiot before. Absolutely. And you wouldn't be here if you wasn't an idiot right. at some point. Like, you know what I mean? I was telling um, yeah. I was telling my girlfriend today we were on text and like I've had to I've had to stop watching and reading a lot of things because it's not good for my mental health like yeah. to be reminded in every second of just how painful and difficult this world is right like I can't focus on raising my baby with joy if I'm constantly looking at at videos of people dying or people hurting um, or or watching trolls say shit that has absolutely no rationale to it. Um, But I was telling my girlfriend, it's like, you know, to those people, it's like I just have to send the energy of compassion because you are who you are just based on your life experiences up to this point and everybody grows at different rates and to be quite honest in this lifetime not everybody is meant to be a good person not everybody is meant to be great or to have deeper understanding like some people are just the ignorant worker bees you know like you just you're just there existing but not really living um but I just I'm grateful that as as hard as life is right now, like I'm grateful that I'm alive in this time because in this yeah. exact moment is better than it's ever been in yeah. American history, at least. You know, yeah. we're having conversations we've never had. We have access to healing that we've never had. And I just feel grateful. I'm awake. <laughs> I'm awake and aware. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. This, this shit is really that's what I still hate about like this time is like the race part about it. Like, the divider in it, like, um, with everybody, like, um, you know, Mexicans and blacks, whites, blacks, Asians and Asians. Mm. Like, my, I got friends that, that's Japanese that hate the other side of the Asian people. Like, he doesn't want to hang around them. Like, you get what I'm saying? It's like, wow. um, it seems like that is more, it seems like that is, 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 is still the same. It's just, um, we have to, we're forced to, uh. A lot of people are forced to deal with it. Yeah. But I think yeah. racism is still the same, though. Oh, absolutely. I think it's still the same. And um, But what the the reach that it has is different. Like, the, yeah. the hate people carry and the ignorance people carry is the same, and in some cases, maybe even worse. Um, but the reach it's able to have and the effect it's able to have on our lives has dramatically changed. Yeah. Like, for the most part... You know, someone can feel however they feel, but they're not allowed to touch me. Yeah. You know, like they're not allowed to oppress me in many ways, right? Yeah. There's still like some of the greater like governmental and societal systematic racism that happens, but and it also depends where you are. Like we're in California, you know, we're we're in Southern California, so yeah. 
we have a lot of privilege in being in you know a very liberal place it's crazy i want to i want to get back to um you kind of sharing your journey getting off drugs like what was yeah. the the moment for you because you know when i say earlier that it felt like there was a darkness this what it what i really mean by that is like there was a time where i would be around you and it felt almost like your soul was on mute Mm. if that makes sense like you were Damn still like you were still like a you know you were still nice like you'd be like hey what's up like you know but it seemed like like yeah like you said like you were probably just completely out of your own head and and yeah. not feeling good from the inside out but but I felt it and then like maybe and this is probably like eight to ten years ago but then I remember like five years ago I saw you at the BET Awards and you walked in maybe four years ago you walked in and you were so radiant like yeah, yeah like legitimately like you had this like light pouring out of you you were smiling and I'm like I've never seen this fool smile in public mm-hmm. like you were smiling big and I saw you and you were and we were just both so happy to see each other yeah. and everything that you were saying just radiated light like you were so grateful even for the small things like you were like i just got my l's back man like life feels so good (laughs) damn i just got my l's back that's crazy and you know it seemed like a lot of the toxins were out of your system because you were very present you were clear your eyes had this clearness about them um and you were just experiencing joy in being present you know like i think you had just gone to hawaii and i had like seen videos of you and you were like living your best life like there was uh, so I much think I know what you're talking about you yeah. and your friends were jumping in the ocean and yeah, I was like yeah, who yeah, is yeah. this guy yeah. um and then you just seem to continue to like elevate and grow and you know so when I say like you're one of my favorite humans in existence a lot of it is I mean number one you're my friend so I think you're dope yeah. um I, I have a lot of respect for what you do but I'm really drawn to resilience in people like I'm really drawn to transformation and for me you represent that and thank you what you do gives so much clarity and hope even if that's not your intention to so many other people that look like you and have similar stories you know like black men are not allowed to have joy out loud you know that too we've always got to hide uh so many things bro you got to hide who you are like uh even if you know, the fact that me being a crip, I'm not supposed to be, like, uh, the type of person I am. Yeah. Like, um, always laughing and shit, always doing some funny shit. Like, that's just who I am, bro. Like, you know, and I, that's part of game banging. That's all we do. Like, in the hood, back in the days, all we used to do is just, like, crack jokes on each other. That's all we did. Like, to this day, me and my homeboys, we fucking grown-ass 30-year-old men. And we just still talk about each other minds. <laughs> like, you get what I'm saying? Like, all day. Like, we greet each other by each other's mama. Like, uh, my homeboy Floyd, I call him Darlene as soon as I see him. What up, Kid? Darlene? What? Like, you know what I mean? That's his mother. <laughs> like, that's just what we do. Like, you know, so, like, we just clowns. Like, but, <laughs> but when we go into public, we try to hide it. And we throw this whole tough thing on. And it's like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, um we take away all the personality that we have. Like, gangbangers could be some of the most... Gangbangers are some of the most talented people, creative people ever, bro. Like, they snap in and out of different things and in and out of situations. They have no fear. You get what I'm saying? They some of the most 
different type of creatures ever. That's why I think I I was blessed to gangbang for a little sh- for a time in my of my life because it got me to the point where I am now. I can blend in with all all sides. Like game banging in sports made me who I am today. Cause wow. I, I had to I had to be disciplined because I wanted to play football and I wanted to play baseball. Mm. But I had the other side of the undisciplined of the game banging side of me. You get what I'm saying? And I think it clashed together with my music and who I am and, and it made me who I am today. You know what I'm saying? Like that's why I can hang with white people. I can hang with like, you know, like uh, uh, Mexicans and be cool or Asians and be cool, any type of race or whatever, like a cornball. But or, how, you know how what did I mean? gangbanging to- give you that ability? Because I think a lot of people think of gangbanging and parameters of it's not something that would make you open to other kinds of people. Yeah, that, the sports made me open to kind different kinds of people. The gangbanging gave me that that almost that cutthroat mentality. You get what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. a um, kill or be killed type of... Um, mentality but the the sports brought the other side of it that it yeah. is actually not kill to be killed you know like we actually, all have you common need, goals and yeah you actually do need somebody to help you win this game you get what i'm saying yeah like, I need so my both, quarterback. both of them I need were my, like yeah exactly so of the balance it's like i know when side. to snip you off and i know when to keep you around almost mm. but like um yeah that's pretty much so my, like my really game banging in sports it just collided like the balance of like personal boundaries but then also openness yeah exactly exactly well you like i think a lot of people especially if you're not from la or you're not a person of color like people do not understand like gang banging like they for, yeah, they don't get it and i don't I, get it though right right I think especially they don't understand the depths of it, like yeah. like the the blind loyalty in it, yeah. you know, or the, I guess, like I would say maybe the commitment to it, but more so like, like when you hear people speak about being in a gang, it's like, this is my family. And for a lot of people who don't have any, they're not adjacent to it. It's like, what does that mean? Family, people are hurting each other and you hurt people that look like you or like, what is the, what's the depth of it? What's the connection? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's just something. It's like a commitment that once you commit to, it's like being married. It's like, uh, once you commit to it, you can't, you, you can't. Mm. like, I'm not a game banger, but I, I'm still committed to being from Hoover. Like I'm still a crip. Like I'm, I don't game bang, but I'm always a crip. Like somebody asked me where I'm from, I'ma still say I'm from Hoover Crib. Like mm. it's never where I say I don't bang. It's never never that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like I, I don't know what it what it what it is. I just did it and um the loyalty, like you said, the loyalty and the loyalty is so fake. Like, um homies kill homies like more than the enemy will kill a homie too. You know what I'm saying? Like it's sad, like um jealousy. Mm. But but you just that's the where you come from though you know it's like I come from over here that's all you hear at school at elementary that's all your cousins are saying that's all this is and then you start losing friends mm. your friend just died he thirteen mm. like somebody just killed him or something you like you know it was them over there you get what I'm saying yeah. it's like I'm in like what. 
You know what I mean? It's like it's you, 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 you pretty much forced to. It's like I no, I didn't have to game bang. Like I didn't grow up like Section Eight or none of that shit. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like food stamps, none of that shit. I didn't have none of that shit. My mom was working and shit. She was a single mom. I mean, we were still in the ghetto. I mean, we was in a bullshit ass apartment, still fucked up. But I mean, it wasn't. But you had like, like emotional support. Yeah, that's what had, I'm saying. Yeah. Like I still had some J's every now and then. Yeah. I could still. I had the video <laughs> game. My mama had a job. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But we were just in the hood, fucked up. So it's like um, I did it because that's just what it was. Like it's just what it is. This is what. It, and like what I'm saying, like I can't explain it. That's just what it was. It's just yeah. like I'm here, and that's. It's no turning back. All it is, but what it is also too. When you first get into it. It's like a um, thing where you, you just really just want to be down with it because that's just that's just your people and that's just your boys, and you just want to be down with it. And then it gets serious. Like I said, you may go to jail or you may uh, lose a friend, and then that's when it gets serious. Yeah. Once you lose somebody, are you in the mall or something? Somebody asks you where you're from, they beat the shit out of you. Then you serious. You know, you you it, it takes the situations. At first, you just jumping in blind, like I'm, yeah. I'm with it. And I think too, you know like the I mean? understanding and the draw that people have when they're faced with like joining a situation like that. I mean, gangs were were rooted originally in being something good. Yeah. You know, they were they were the offshoots of the Black Panther Party in Los Angeles. They yeah. they were created as a way to organize the people closest to you in your community. Man, you know, protect you from the rapists, the the white folks, that's what back in the days, like in the 50s and the 60s, the black gangs, there was to keep the the white folks from coming over there beating us up and mm-hmm. spitting on us and doing like, because they used to come back, they used to come through the hoods and stuff once to, like around the Black Panther time. Yeah. You know, doing little mean things to kids and egging people. Yeah. Doing, you know, what doing shit that kids do, teenager kids do, but they were white and, you know, there's a couple N-words that's going to be said. Yeah. So it was it was really to protect that and right like I said, rapists and people that's coming in your community trying to break into your house. It's like, no, this is our community. We here. We're gonna police it because the cops are gonna whoop our ass. Yeah. <laughs> cops yeah. is whooping our ass, so why are we calling them? Like for fuck calling them, we're gonna police our own area. That's what it was started yeah. as just policing our own area. And then really it and seems like when the breakdown of the black family happened through crack through the government putting crack in the hood it's like that's where it got skewed and it began to kind of morph into a bastardized version of itself that was not necessarily beneficial to people you know because yeah. families started breaking down like people were getting locked up for their entire lives for small things and really so many men were yanked out of the area you know yeah. um, so many people in jail for weed Right, still. There's still people in California <laughs> prison for weed. And it's like, woo, it's legalized every fucking where now. Right. All over the West Coast. Oregon, Seattle, Washington, California. Uh, they going to get it through Arizona. It's in Vegas. It's it's, it's like, yeah. bruh. Like, I just walked into a shop today to pick up something for my little pin, and it was like, yeah, was like fancy. There were like uh, THC bath bombs and, you know, yeah, they got all types chocolates. They got to make a whole house out of hemp or some shit. And people have literally <laughs> like lost their entire lives yeah, to this, for some you know? fucking weed, dude. Like, it's, it's silly. They, they made these laws for us. Like, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> the crib notes for anybody listening that 
that maybe it's kind of like what like I haven't experienced stuff like that rent uh bastards of the party that's a really great documentary on gangbanging um I would also say watch 13th um There's this there's this dope documentary too that um what's what's the guy? Oh god, he's famous. I can't think of him right now. Um but it's about specifically the California pr- prison system and it's so deep. Um ah, I forget what documentary? it's called. Yeah. Do, okay, you know dude, he's famous, Latino actor. He has a bunch of taco shops here in LA now, like businesses. I think I know with the long black about. hair. I think I know you. He played Danny, Machete. In the, yeah. Danny, Danny Trey, Trey. Trejo. Trey or some shit like that. Okay. Right now, I cannot remember the name of this uh, documentary, but Danny Trejo is behind it, and he narrates it, and it's on iTunes, and it's fire. So Google that, and if I remember, I will try to uh, put a link in the notes to this episode, but no promises. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, um, so talk to me about what made you stop doing drugs, and I know now you're on the keto life, so what made you... <laughs> invest in your health it was just like i was just like fuck it i'm um i'm over i hit the gym because i was like 250 pounds at one point i got real fat and i was just like nah i'm cool <laughs> you know what i mean I, just, I was just like i literally that's what it was oh, i was just God. like you know what i'm cool i went to put my socks on i was like <laughs> had to do all that shit I was like nah it's over and it was just oh, over then the same thing with drugs I was just like I was high one time and I wasn't feeling it mm. like I, I'm a guy that like, I don't need rehab and shit like for anything like if I even with weed like I'm high as shit right now too <laughs> let the record reflect I'm like off edibles and shit <laughs> but um but like uh, like if I want to quit anything I'd just be like alright it's over I don't want to do it you know, you're like, really blessed, like, um, you. Like yeah, you're really, really blessed. Like, fuck that shit. It just, it just was real. Everything was just hitting me like, whoa, 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 and I was just like, I'm done. I was, like, I'm done. I threw the pills in the, uh, in the um, toilet and shit. I threw all the pills and shit in the toilet. I, and you were done. And I was cleansed. I felt like I was cleansed. I swear to God. Wow. I was just like, nope. I went straight to the gym. It was over. And then I got a trainer and shit. And then. He put me on the keto shit. And yeah. I, I'm all about that keto life. Yeah. And then I started doing intermittent fasting. Yes. Me and too. Fucking, uh, yeah. Now, right. But right now I'm not on the keto at this moment. That's it. But, like how you yeah. were describing yourself is exactly how I felt after the baby. I was yeah. like, nah, I'm cool. Yeah. Nah, I'm not doing shit. it like this. Like, yeah. huff, like, I, <laughs> you know, you've been inside my house, so it's like a big staircase so once I came down for the day I didn't have the energy to walk back up ever so I would pack myself like a little bag Uh, for being downstairs for the day because I was like I can't I can't be huffing and puffing going up and down all the time and then once I was up I was up because it was just so much weight it was like I was breathing like like you know how like like precious was breathing on the staircase that was me um but then keto happened and thank god the baby weight, you know, just slowly starts to melt yeah. off. But <laughs> yeah, man, how old is your son now, too? He just he's he'll be 15 months Damn. in a few weeks. Yeah, you were at the baby shower. You yeah, saw me at my biggest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> you was big as hell too. Oh, thank you. I mean, it is that what is? it is. <laughs> you was pregnant. <laughs> that is so not politically correct. Like you're supposed to be like, no, nah, no, nah, you were straight. Nah, yeah. it is what it is. It you was, was big hard. as hell. <laughs> I mean, it's gone. You shred, you shredded it though. It looked good, man. Yeah, thank you. That was, yeah, that was rough. Women have it hard, man. <laughs> yeah, my girl going through it now. She, yeah, uh, cause you have a new baby. How old yeah, is the youngest now? Six months. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, I want to come over and hold the baby. Yeah, she's I miss that age so much. Yeah. And they have that special smell. Yeah, that smell. Oh. That. <laughs> I love that smell. God. That little baby smell. It seems like it never go away, right? I would just bury my nose in like his neck, like yeah, in that little what... nook right there, and I'm like. <sighs> that's what I do to my baby girl every time. That's like my little spot. I kiss her right there, and she started laughing. God, yeah. isn't it such like? A sacred responsibility. Yeah, it's, it's it's big, but right now I don't really do much. Like I never change the diaper. What? Never. How does that happen? Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I'm really like, um, uh, this is going to sound weird. I'm like manly, manly when it comes to like uh, kids and stuff. What does that mean? Like, um, I'm not like the, the the dad that like cleans up or like uh, change diapers. And oh, like, let me tell you right now, that's some get, bull. Get, get get like the club kids ready for school. What? Yeah, like you know, I don't do that, but I do like the other stuff, like the other part. Like, like what's left? You know, oh, like the fun, right now, the fun stuff. That too. Oh. Mainly, I mean, but like, Hashtag I mean, I'm, my man. whole life is fun though. Like that's all I make. All I try to do is fun. Like. You know what I mean? I took my that was another reason I took my daughter out of school. I was like, shit, I want her to have more fun than just sitting in the fucking She's homeschooled right now? Yeah. Yeah. Just like sitting in fucking class all day doing nothing where you can do all that shit in two hours and go go about your business, live your day. Go you guys out. have such a dope relationship. That I think that's one of the things too that I love so much about you. First of all, your stories on Instagram are very compelling. Like they're <laughs> so fun. But, like, watching you and Joy, like, have these adventures uh, during yeah. the day and, and seeing how invested you are in her soccer and her and in her achievements is, is yeah. really dope. Do you feel Thank like you. you are, and I know you're not doing this on purpose, but do you feel like you are helping men that look like you understand fatherhood that may not have had it? I know you're going to say no, because, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. But I just feel I like subconsciously you really it, you are. Um, because imagine, am, that's dope. That's imagine dope. all the men that don't know what fatherhood looks like, and so they struggle with it. Because a lot of people grew up without fathers, especially men of color um, in certain areas, like, didn't grow up really knowing what that meant. Like, you understand, like, okay, I feel the emotion of love, but what do I actually do? in this role, you know? And I think that you kind of, just by sharing your life, are effortlessly inspiring people um, uh, and, and just showing them like, oh, okay, he, his child is fed. Oh, okay, he's supporting her dreams, you know? Uh, or he's, yeah. he's showing up and encouraging her, or helping her practice, or, you know, taking her and her friends out in the drop top and like, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's just... Yeah, I'd just be doing that, you know what I mean? Every now and then i throw my phone out, you know, just to fuck around. But um, I always said I wasn't going to put my um, new baby, too, on the, on the camera. Because I felt like, uh, only why I even still record Joy is because I felt like I didn't gave people her life most since my, the beginning of my career. I would be so Like, she's been in all my, like, music videos since yeah, she was, like, a album baby. Cover. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's like people are kind of invested in it. And it's yeah. like, it's my, it is what it is. She's already, like, you know, when we go places, people say hi to me. They say hi to Joy. Uh, right you know, is that weird for her? Not really. She's she, used to it? She kind of used to it. Because it was always, like, um, she with me. And it's like, she was always getting attention anyway. Because it's like, uh, you know... Oh, uh, schoolboy Q daughter, right? Oh, uh, you know, you, I introduced yeah. myself. Oh, the schoolboy Q daughter or anything. It's like, oh, what up? 
So she's been meeting like famous people and like yeah. mad shit for mad years. So well, and taking her on like, the Grammy carpet, both y'all in matching yeah, pink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, tell um, me, tell me behind that decision. Because for so, me, I was like, look at him being a feminist. I love this. Nah. Oh. <laughs> so my uh, daughter okay. wanted to go to the Grammys. I don't go to really award shows. I think I went to two award shows, literally that Grammys and I guess the BET thing. Well, we were at, it was a radio room for okay. BET. Okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, I did a, a one BET award, though. But yeah, I've been, like I said, I've been nominated mad times for the Grammys and all that shit, and I never go. This was like one time, Joy was like, um, like, let's go, let's go to the Grammys. I want to go. And I was just like, fuck it, let's go. And I was like, I'm gonna get you right too. I was like, I told, I told the cutter, let's just wear pink. And then I got her like the uh, outfit or whatever. And I was, and I was just like, uh, I'm gonna just wear a hoodie and shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was just like, I, me personally, I'm just thinking like, um, as a man, um, and looking at sports and how invested she is and like how much she care and how good a lot of these little girls are in sports they should they deserve um like attention too mm. that makes sense so like i um now even with my instagram like i kind of like follow like mad female like uh athletes too like just liking posts or do any anything i can do to help or like you know any any little thing like you know what i'm mm. saying like just bigging up women more because i have two girls and but it's, you know, like, I wanted, I want, it's okay I, to say you're a feminist. You are I'm, a feminist. No, I'm not a feminist. You're a feminist. No, I'm not. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Exactly. So don't say that you're not. So how can I be something that I don't even know what it is? Well, like I being, never knew what a feminist being was. Being a feminist at at like the root of it, right? Like not not all the propaganda around the word over the the last several decades, but the root of being a feminist just means that you believe that inherently men and women are equals and that men aren't better than or higher than or deserving of more privilege than a woman because he was born with a penis. Yeah, I mean, I thought, I think that's how most people feel. It's just, uh, no, like you'd be surprised. Oh, it's the old people, man. Like, I don't know people that think like that. Like, uh, yeah. she shouldn't. I don't even know people like what like. you love women and you are a feminist and just <laughs> accept it and stand in that. <laughs> You're a great father to two girls. Like uh, just sit in that. I'm just saying, man, I fuck with <laughs> women, but man, I'm just saying, I don't know what the hell that is. Like I still try. I thought everybody was thought everybody should be equal. When do you feel like your awakening like really geared up? Like awake, uh, I would say like uh, maybe um, year and a half, two years ago, like where I just fully became. Mm. Like even when I was like in Hawaii and shit, I was still in a weird spot. Yeah, it was like I was going like this, like I would, I would have up peace. and down. I was trying to break through. Mm. You know what I mean? I was trying to break through, and um, I think I fully broke through. Um, and that's when I start notice the change in myself. But um, I fully, excuse me, I fully broke through like a year and a half, two years ago. I started uh, like meditating too. What? I do that shit like um, pretty much every day. Um, I just, love that. Like, tell just, me more about that. What's your spiritual practice? 
Do you do um, it in the morning when you wake up? Every every morning when I wake up, every morning. That's like the first thing I do. I don't even brush my teeth. I do it. It's like a um, a wake up thing. It's like um, you know where you wake up and most people they just sit in the bed for a while or they and scroll. Just scroll. Yeah, they just do like I just once I get up I just get straight to it because it's like um, it's fighting through your laziness because I think that's the problem that we all have. Yeah. As humans, we start our day off lazy and it makes us lazy for our whole life. We've been training ourselves to be lazy our whole life. We wake up and we just like, mm. you didn't rest, my nigga. Like, you can get it together as you walk into the thing, the thinking of your task. Don't get me wrong, sometimes you are exhausted. We only, yeah. But I'm saying, when yeah, you're but just there's on a normal, different, yeah. On the normal bounce up, just like, go do it. I just bounce up. Um, and I and I go do it. I don't even I don't do nothing. No, I don't use the bathroom. I don't brush my teeth. I don't do nothing. I just oh. go straight to it. How do so you manage like that? Just, just, <laughs> I don't know. It's just a I don't know, man. I I I do a lot of things better. Like um, I don't know. Like even like with food. Like ever since I started intermittent fasting, it's like I don't even eat for like uh for taste anymore. Yeah, I yeah. just like eat because I'm hungry. I really don't care for food no more like that. Oh my god, it's so crazy. Like. That, so that's exactly how I feel about it because I started doing intermittent fasting with keto and I felt like it took such a, no pun intended, but like weight off my shoulders because yeah. like a lot of my issues with food were based around the fact that I like delicious things. Oh yeah. And I like, you know, I like the process of planning the meal or thinking about what I'm going to eat. I could be thinking about that for hours before I actually eat it. Like, oh, I'm going to go have the sushi later and, or whatever like my favorite thing is. And then you eat and you chew and you smell and, you know, it becomes this whole thing that isn't actually about like nourishment for your body. Yeah. Um, um, and so then, you know, it feels good. It tastes good. You do it every chance that you get. And then it's like a million calories later. Yep. <laughs> but through intermittent fasting, through keto, it's, it's completely restructured, like, my relationship with food and just my ability to, to, like, tap into how my body feels. Like, yeah. I feel way more connected to my body. For real. I have a way more energy, too. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can do things so much better on an empty stomach than being full. Like... Oh my God, like waking up in the morning and like going to the gym on an empty stomach is like the best. Yeah. It's the most energy. Like people don't understand it. They're like, how you do that? Oh, bro, I got to eat. I'm like, dude, you have, you have no idea. Like, I mean, but you know, teach his own. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, it's just like, bro, don't knock it. Like, bro, you ain't even trying it. You ain't never yeah. tried it. You never. People be having hella opinions on it based off Instagram. Because, like, yeah. keto on Instagram makes people think you're eating bacon and butter all day. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, no, read a book. Like, that's not no. what it is at all. Also, you did not worry about my health when I was eating crazy all day. Exactly. But because I say I'm doing this, it's like, oh, well, where do you get your, your vitamins? And yeah. it's like, shut up. <laughs> No, but yeah, it's, it's dope. I want to, um, again, as you know, I'm very fascinated by you and your story. I think that we have, we have a lot of similarities too that I didn't realize. Like when I first knew you, like we're both only children mm. raised by single mothers for periods of time. We were latchkey kids, like getting ourselves ready or taking care of ourselves alone. Yeah. Um, and there, for me like that, that's really where a lot of my awakening comes from. Like, even though I wasn't always the most spiritually in tune or always making the best decisions, I feel like by nature of being an only child in that type of predicament, 
you become really self-aware because you're inside your own head so much. Like, did you have that experience where you feel like you are in your own mind a lot of the time? Or I mean, hell yeah, you only child. Fuck, mind is crazy. You always got some idea. You always what? Yeah, only like you're always dissecting be, things. Man, like, yeah, it could be and like experiences. Yeah, it, it, could, it could get only child is a gift and a curse, man. It's like because you see, most a lot of only childs are like really, really, really creative. Yeah. You know what I mean? They are really independent. Love being alone. Like, I love being alone. Me like, too. I only go to the movies by myself. Like, Yo. I never go to the movies with, like, my girl and, like, my kid and shit. I really? only go by myself. Every now and then, like, you know, it's yeah, like, like Aladdin or Frozen. Hell no. Nah. I, 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 Frozen was crazy. <laughs> Frozen was the last straw for me. What? I was like, I'm done with this little kid movie shit. What? Like, I'm like, I'm cool. I'm never coming to none of this little kid <laughs> shit. We're going to do the daddy shit. Like, we're going to go watch It or some shit. It? That's <laughs> doing the daddy shit? Oh, my God. We're going we gonna, we gonna to do the It. We're going to do, like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Some other old adult movie you want to see or some shit. We're going to do that. I'm going to take you to do it. When, when Mama ain't going to probably say no, I'm going to be like, let's do it. No, but, like, like legitimately, like, as the only child, like, I like taking myself to lunch alone hell yeah like i like like i really if you're not only child you may not be able to get this so it may sound crazy but i feel like i am my like and i'm blessed with many incredible friends but i feel like i'm my best friend like i really like myself and like spending time with myself you know i think i'm funny i think i'm brilliant (laughs) i think i'm dope I get real irritated. Do you get irritated with people too? Like, do you like need space from people sometimes too? Though I do, and I, you know, what's so funny because I'm also a Gemini, and people would always be like, "Oh, Gemini always mood swings," and I was like, "No." And then I started looking at it, and it's not necessarily mood swings, but I do crave my own space. Like, I don't like being around a lot of noise all the time, or a lot of people doing a lot of things all the time. Like, I really like a little bit of isolation sprinkled in my life. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I always have that thing. Like, I'll, I'll be around a bunch of people, like, even, like, uh, doing music. I, mean, I can't be with a producer. Really? For too long. Because it's like, all right, I need some do something else. You know, like, I, I, I even go to the studio and record by myself. Like, just me and the engineer. Like, most of my music is done, like, uh, by myself. Really? Yeah, like I, I I may have a bunch of people in the studio at times, and I may write the song, and I just just won't even record it just because mm. it's people in there and shit. And like uh, I come back the next day or something like early, because like um, sometimes I do like sessions like like eight a.m. You know, and that's normally like when I'm just recording that fresh voice, that fresh like off the wake up. Mm. I also love writing music around that time too. Fresh off the wake up, your mind is just fresh. Nothing ain't been, it hasn't been messed with. No toxic, no nothing, no no anything. That goes it's so against like what most people's stereotype of like an artist or a rapper is. It's like, nah, I don't get to the studio till 11 p.m. and then we don't start till 2 a.m. and then I yeah. sleep my whole day away. Yeah, that's um the but. It's it's weird because three a.m. is is the magic hour though. Every, the bewitching hour. Yeah, that's that's the magic hour though. Like, it's something about like being half tired. The creativity and being half tired. 
so so crazy. Mm. Like I wrote some of my craziest songs around three, four in the morning. Like what? After Which being one? in the studio all day and then just like um, finally coming up with it, like uh. hour when you thinking like fucking, I'm gonna just get out of here. Then it just like catches you, just like like the craziest shit. Like um, all my most of my like storytelling, like I did tales late night. I was mm. on Crash Talk. I done oh studio, <laughs> studio. I did studio like. Super smash. Four in the morning. Um, Kyler Green's Man of the Year was like, I did those in the same night. Oh, so yeah, three in the morning really is your time. Like, like. Yeah, like literally the same <laughs> night because they were pressing me about the album. Like, oh, we we get, we need some singles. This is your first album, blah, blah, blah. This, that, we need some singles. And I was in the studio all day just trying to force shit. Mm. Then like three, four o'clock came and I just knocked them shits out. Like, I was like, here. Then my album was done. I remember that. Like, that's one of my, like, uh, it's like one of my championship moments of my career that I always remember. Mm. It's like they was pressing me, pressing me, and then talking about pushing the album back and all this shit. Because I was a new artist, so they didn't want to just throw me out there, you know? And then I did those shits the same night under the pressure, right? So, right when I thought. It was over, like, fuck, I can't do it. I can't come up with this shit. Keep in mind, I already had studio. Yeah. The studio was a fucking interlude. It was already on the album, and that was the end up being the number one record. But but still, it was just like, bro, I did that shit that fast that night under that pressure and handed in and made the deadline. And all of them are double platinum. Collard Green's double platinum, Man of the Year double platinum. Uh, studios like triple or four times platinum and it went number one wow but yeah just like it's just crazy though like all three o'clock four o'clock can we talk about my favorite song which one you know which one and oh, you're gonna lies. get mad which one? No, no no that well that is absolutely my favorite <laughs> song on crash talk but in your discography oh blessed yes <laughs> Oh my God! Hell no! I hate that song. That is so like the first time you told me you hated that song. It it hurt me in my soul. Um, It's not that good. It is good, good. and I understand like your your critique of it is sonically. You feel like now you record better. (laughs) Yeah, but but the feel of it. Like the message of it, the lyrics of it. Like so, I have I have a playlist that I made right, and I call it. I just call it like my my favorite things playlist. Um, And whenever I feel like whenever I'm going through challenges or experiencing depression, like that's a playlist I play all the time. The playlist has, I think, 19 days worth of music on it. Right. But like the requirement for it for me was the only songs that can make it on there are songs that spark joy, like songs that make me smile or make me feel good. Right. And so, like, two of the songs that have been... That song's been my go-to since it came out. Like, I used to start every single day with that song. Uh, um, but that song, <laughs> that song and now God by Dot. Like, both of those oh, records God. to me, like, just speak to my soul. And, and, and also, randomly, um, a record by Jeanne. Do you remember them? No, I'll play it for you later. It's some R&B from the 90s. But, like, those songs both, like, just connect me to, like, Mm. 
sacred energy, you know? Yeah, man, I hear you. <laughs> man, I fucking hate that song. That is That song crazy. is like embarrassing, man. Embarrassing. You're talking about being blessed and someone keeping their head up. Like, nah, like, like to me, bro. that's like pop, keep your head up. When I hear that song, and that's on my playlist, yeah, but, too. His shit was executed way better. Oh, my God. You're a very harsh critic of yourself, I've come to find. Man. Because I was even watching, I watched the interview you did with Charlemagne. Um, and you were, like, you were being so critical of yourself, and it was so surprising to me in that interview. Like, do you, do you think that you're somebody that can take time to, like, celebrate you or appreciate Hell you? Hell no, for what? What do you mean? I mean, people, I mean, I know, I, I mean, I, I know I'm, I, I'm, I breathe confidence, I believe. Yeah. I scream confidence. It's yeah. just, um, I just like, um, I don't know. I just feel like where, where most people just be quiet about things, I say it. So it may seem like mm. I'm uh, more... Like, you know, sometimes you do songs and you're like, damn, that shit was not that tight. <laughs> it is what it's like. It's cool. I'm going to do another one. I ain't tripping. Like, What's you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, I don't know. So, like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was really bad at lying, too. So, I used to get in trouble a, a lot for lying. So, I was, I was, I was just always, like, because uh, I used to try to lie a lot. You know, when I come in, I was a big liar. And, um, I used to, but I, I was terrible that I would get yeah. caught or my mom would just let it slide and but I can tell she know I'm lying and then it, I, it's, it's I really hard for me to lie and it was just over yeah it's too much stress to me to lie like yeah. I would just rather I mean, say whatever the me, truth is and catch my fade like I yeah. don't want to <laughs> <laughs> whatever life throws at me I, when it comes to like a, a stranger I have I mean I have lied plenty, plenty of times. I'm a strong believer in protecting uh, my my uh, my aura and my energy. Like, um, if I have to uh, send you on a different path to get you off my road, I'm I'm just gonna have mm. to do it. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not gonna yeah. lie to you on some some silly ass shit. Like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah I'll yeah. meet you tomorrow, bro. They never show up. Yeah, you know, yeah, not no yeah. shit like that. But like, just a little petty bullshit, little. Just to get you to fuck away from somebody toxic, because you know, sometimes yeah. the truth can get you hurt too. Sometimes the truth could uh, cause a big, big problem when you could just diffuse it and just walk away from on on great terms. So is that something lying really is never not is, like, huh? is that something really important to you? Like keeping, um, yeah. just keeping your space really clear. Yeah, yeah, because you, you, you I don't want to run into no problems, man. Like. My I live my life too well of like just chilling and, and, and just living a good life and I don't want to fuck it up by like fucking with some that's the only way you fuck it up people get into your head yeah. and do shit like I change something about me when I'm ready to change something about me you know what I'm saying like even with depressed people like um and suicide, it's somebody else. It's, it's not necessarily always them. It's somebody else, too, that's rather it be social media they're constantly looking at or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, it's something else that's that's constantly in their head. You got to you gotta diffuse everything. And Like, depression is just letting you, it's just alerting you that something's wrong with yourself. It's just yeah. another sign. Oh, my God. It's like a, um, another sign of, like, a... Like being like you know like a, a warning sign like a, yeah it's just one part of your sense like that's why you, we wouldn't get depressed 
if we didn't have no need for it. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's like no, telling there's you nothing like, uh, that happens to us that doesn't yeah, foster like, a need. Like, we need fear or like, you know what I'm saying? God, you need I, fear, you need all that shit. Like, it's so powerful to me that you say that because I'm definitely somebody that has experienced depression many times in my life at varying degrees. Now, I've always been a highly functional depressed person. Like I've always been able to like still yeah. execute life at a high level. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm a deep feeler. I'm a very emo person. And so I, I've, I've had a lot of different moments. Um, I also get seasonally depressed. Like if I'm somewhere where it's dark and cold and rainy, like yeah. I will be down, but yeah. when the sun is out, I'm solar powered. And I'm like, yeah. like, I can't feel sad if the sun is shining on me. Um, but part of what really helped me in my own journey with depression, I remember I, I heard Marianne Williamson speak once. I went to one of her events and she talks a lot about depression and she said a similar point to what you just said. And it changed my whole life. Like it changed my whole worldview. Like she says she like for her depression is that warning sign from God, from the universe that it's time to level up. It's time to change something. And so she looks at whenever she feels depression coming on almost like how a bear would with hibernation, like you get prepared for what you know is about to happen so you can protect yourself and get yourself out of it. Right. So you don't just succumb to it. Yeah. Um, and that was like really revolutionary for me. Cause I'd never heard like whenever people used to talk to, about depression or mental health, except for recently, it was always kind of like in a very shameful way or in a way that was just like, well, why don't you just think happy thoughts or just get out of the house and do something. And I was like, nah, that's not really how it works. Um, but when I heard her talk like that, it changed the way that I deal with it. So whenever I feel like overwhelmed or I feel just a little off, I, f I, I like will take the afternoon to focus on preparing myself for this feeling. So like I'll write affirmation cards or I'll, I'll start meditating or I do a lot of sound bowl stuff and like I'll make, you know, I'll make a playlist that I know will, will force me to find a smile on a hard day, yeah. you know, just like all these little hacks, if you will, to just, nourish yourself when you're not in a good space okay yeah that's that's definitely important doing all that like meditating it, like if they they should teach that in schools too they should now that i think about it they should that'd be sick i mean but you know some parents and shit man this world is so weird like some parents are so fucking weird they'll probably be pissed yeah. You got my son meditated. I can hear it now. We Christians. Yeah, those are the same parents. Church ain't <laughs> those are the same parents that'd be like, You're teaching science in the school. That's not <laughs> how do you how do you deal with depression whenever you feel it coming? Um, I haven't felt it in a minute. But um recently I I, I got into golf like a year and some change and um I was depressed right before that, and I didn't even know I was depressed. Like, sometimes that can happen to you, too. Yeah. So I'm just not right. But like like you said, when you're functional, you can be functional and be depressed at the same time. Yeah. Sometimes you could just be lost in space and not knowing what's going on. So I found golf, and it gave me something to do before going to the studio. What it was, what I really think it was, I, my life was, I was going through more withdrawals from uh the drugs mm. you get what i'm saying yeah because i quit cold turkey so it takes a long time to really because every now and then you 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 
you get that urge and you get that feeling. You just get groggy and you just get aggy. And like just weird, you know what I'm saying? But I had something to do before I go to the studio. That was really, really important for me and good for me. Like being outside, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like God, that does so not much. Not going, like we don't go outside Seeing no more greenery. as human beings. Yeah. We don't go outside. We go outside <laughs> to take the trash out, walk to our car, <laughs> go yeah. into the destination. Motherfucker work out for an hour or go run the hills or some shit and think you want yeah. Motherfuckers supposed to be outside, bro. Like back in the days, even motherfuckers had to go outside for entertainment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, you, like look at even it. Even if look, it's just watching your neighbors on the porch, like you would yeah, be outside. Yeah. Motherfuckers go outside. Smelling no the air. Sense of community. And, yeah. You probably don't know five neighbors over here, right? Yeah. I I only know me and my neighbor to the left of me talk all the time but like, other you know than that yeah i don't know like, nobody's name how come you don't know the person across the street and right there right no like where i grew up in the hood like i knew everybody on the yeah. block like literally every person on the block i knew but what also up? it gets different too like as you because like you you live in a very affluent community you yeah. know what i mean like like the world's change you know like you're kind of like a lot of the people in my neighborhood are very very old um and they don't like the fact that a young black couple lives yeah. on the street you know what i mean so they're not really wanting me to come over with asking for sugar or whatever <laughs> yeah i love that though because it is it is important to be outside it is important to connect with source like those are really useful tools to to even just growing your giving yourself time to think yeah you know to not always have to be stimulated in some way yeah like um talking to people outside of your damn phone yeah like <laughs> you know what i'm saying like we only talk to people outside of our phone and then when we talking to somebody we still all on our phone thank you for coming on the show thank you i love you i man, honor you i love you more man thank you I appreciate just, you. I think you're I just think you're a really, really incredible person, Q. And I'm just I'm just so excited for you because I think that you have been such a great person, but now that you're at this new evolution of yourself and you don't even fully realize uh. it. Like, oh my God. Like I'm just yeah. I'm just I'm just super hyped for you at all times. I celebrate you at all times and you're one of my favorite humans. Oh man, thank you so much, man. Congrats to you on everything too, man. You know, taking a leap of faith, doing things on your own now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, that's take, you, you dropped your nuts when you did that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it take, you got to be bold to, to take a leap of faith and drop your nuts. That's what me and the homie said. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, drop your nuts and go, go after it. Like, fuck it. I'm you know visualizing that happening right now. <laughs> and actually doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That's, that's a big step, so. Congrats to you, man. You deserve it. Thank Hell you. Yeah. Thank you. Everybody stay open. Peace. Big thank you for listening to this episode of the Dropping Gems podcast. This show is executive produced by Adrian Scott and me, Debbie Brown. Our theme music was created by producer Day One and the poem that you heard at the beginning of the show. Well, that was created especially for us by award-winning poet Namdi Okafor. If you have a quick moment right now, please hit subscribe on the show. And if you like what you heard, take it a step further and give us a five-star rating. Until next time, you connect with me on IG at Debbie Brown or my website, DebbieBrown.com. Be blessed. 
A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.